Welcome to the Jazz Violin Podcast, episode 19, and today I'm chatting with Tomoko Amura. So I've said it before and I will probably say it again, but here it is anyway. If you would like to support me and the Jazz Violin podcast, you can head on over to Patreon and find my Patreon account at www.patreon.com forward slash Jazz Violin Podcast. And you, become, you can become a patron of the podcast. You basically donate small amount of money per month and that gives you a couple of extras and also that warm fully that warm fuzzy feeling that you get when you're helping somebody out helps pay for uh, a vast number of things like my hosting costs the time I put into um, researching and doing these interviews and editing the episodes because I do all that myself you can probably tell <laughs> um, okay so I'll move on from that um, to, oh yeah one thing I wanted to mention is that I'm pretty much right in the middle of closing the deal buying a new violin from an amazing maker Gareth Ballard he's uh, based in London South London um, and he makes amazing violins. He's been doing so for a number of years, and his violins have been getting better and better. And I've always be I've always gone to to Gareth for things like setups and uh, you know just general general fixing up of violins. Um, and I heard his violin when I went to when I was getting my other violin set up, and I was like, wow, that is an absolute killer. So I, yeah, I'm I'm going for it. It's really nice. It's got great. It's got great thick, low sound, and uh, it sounds great up top as well. It doesn't lose anything in the middle. Yeah, it really projects amazing. It's great. I don't. I'm not very good at describing violins and violin sounds, but I knew that this was the one. I've spent so long just sort of playing like I don't know, sort of fine, okay violins and. Uh, this uh, this is this is I'm, I'm really excited. I feel like this is gonna really help my playing and you know help lots of things. So yeah, you check him out. He is he also does lots of great work with setups and stuff like that. As I said, I always go to him. Uh, yeah, if you're in London and you need a luthier, Gareth Ballard is your man. Okay, so let's move on to my guest for today, Tomoko Omura. So, Tomoko Omura is a violinist based in New York. She is, she's basically a really, really great player. I checked, I found her from 
just look, I, I saw that the Downbeat magazine readers poll had come out just quite recently, and she was quite close to the top of the uh, newcomer section of that newcomer on jazz, jazz violin newcomer. Um, yeah, and I, I saw that and thought, hey, I'll check her out. I checked her out, and she's great. She's so good. So, yeah, I really like her um, her sound. So she's got she's got quite a nice, in my opinion, quite a nice beboppy sound. Uh, but also, you know, really forward thinking in her compositions and a nice tone, and yeah, just really cool. You know, so I thought I'd check it out, and here we go. Had a nice chat with her, just about. Just about all the usual stuff, really. How you get into playing jazz violin, how you got into playing the violin, you know, um, writing music, recording music, releasing music, da -da, the, the dealing with moving to New York, um, and all, you know, just loads of stuff. Interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you do too. So, without further ado, give it up for Tomoko Mamura. Uh, how did you uh, how did you get into playing the violin? Well, my mother is a, a classical violinist and ah. a teacher, mm -hmm. so I started with her at four. I kind of did the training loosely with my mother. Okay. I, I was, um, you know, fighting with her a lot. Like yeah. we, we were we were very different. We have different personalities, and uh, so I was fighting a lot and. Uh, it didn't go well in yeah. the middle of my, you know, teens. And yeah. uh, I almost quit and uh, started huh. listening to, like, Jimi Hendrix and yeah. Jack, Jaco Pastorius and, you know. And my brother was playing drums at the time and, you know, I was so into rock, and, yeah. you know, fusion. So, um, yeah. Okay, so it didn't go well learning... With your mum, I think that's that's like quite a classic thing, right? Like, yeah, it's really, it's, it's really difficult. On. Yeah, yeah. But she was a violin. She was a violin teacher by by trade, as in that was her profession. Yes. Okay, but yeah, even yeah. then, still just like yeah, really yeah. difficult. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I used to have that with my mum because she used to help me. She used oh, to play wow. the piano. She wasn't a teacher, uh -huh. but she used to sort. You know, she's quite an okay piano player. But we would just argue just instantly when she and she'd be saying, "Oh, maybe you should try and play that a bit, bit more in tune." And I'd be like, "Mom, leave me alone." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, your practice session is your personal time, and I, I yeah. don't need someone to point, you know, point out you're sharp, you're yeah. flat, <laughs> you know. And uh, that was a bit difficult emotionally, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's, did, yeah, that's interesting yeah. because yeah. it is. And yeah, I, it's, if you live with your teacher. I guess that uh -huh. that doesn't happen that often, does There's it? There's no bad, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, it says yeah. we've got a poor connection, um, which might. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's me. Maybe I can move. I don't know if that's me okay. or you. I can never tell with Skype. Oh, it's gone away. It's got better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm moving towards my internet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's close to Is me. it good? Yeah, it okay, just okay. says it's fine. I mean, it didn't. It, it seems to look okay anyway, but it said it was a poor okay. connection. Um, so you stopped, but you wanted to. You said that you you wanted to quit at some point. Yeah. And what what made you stick with the violin? Well, I, I well, I was 
doing youth orchestra, like uh-huh. local youth orchestra, and it's fun to play with people. So I stuck with it, but I wasn't really practicing. I wasn't uh-huh. serious, um, but I was doing di- different instruments. I used to play baroque recorders, uh-huh. and uh, I was like giving concerts. Like I, I, were, I was into it, you know. Uh-huh. And also, I used to play percussion in the brass band and. Uh-huh. I was so into practicing those things, and the violin was the least thing. But when I listen, started listening to jazz when I, when I was in teens, and I thought the violin is the most I could do with the music. Mm-hmm. I couldn't play, I mean, you know, Donali on recorder. Yeah. I mean, I could. <laughs> I, I've, seen, I've seen great jazz recorder players online, yeah. but, but, you know, it's... It's harder. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I picked up violin again at the university. Okay. Ah. Yeah, which was not music school, but. Uh, okay, so you didn't you didn't study you didn't do like a undergrad music uh, degree. Yeah, it, it was like an education course, and uh, I wanted to study psychology, ah. but um, in the first year they do the test, like mm-hmm. interview and the writing thing, and. I didn't do it well at the test, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I had to choose something else in the yeah. second year, and I chose music education because nothing else seemed interesting. Okay. So, but they didn't have violin teacher, and I took a composition course. Okay. Yeah, for training teachers. Yes. Okay. But I didn't. I didn't want to become school teachers, and yes. and I started playing with my friends. Uh, you know, in Japan, we have this club activity thing in universities. Uh-huh. And a lot of jazz players actually start from there. You know, there's no right. teacher in this club, but um, a lot of people get really serious <laughs> in, into jazz. And some of them become professionals. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, okay. I have someone. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> One sec. Got Amazon package. Yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. So yeah. Okay, so you got more into playing the violin in um, in university. Yes. Well, I became serious to for playing jazz. Okay. Okay. Mm. And that was because you were listening to jazz and... As a teenager. As yeah. a teenager. And you realized that the, the best instrument you could do it, that you could you could play it on, uh-huh. that you already played, was the violin. Is that is that right? Right, yeah. Okay, cool. And did, like, so you were, you were in Japan and was, were there, were there many jazz violinists around? No, actually there was no violinist in the, in the circle, the jazz club mm-hmm. activity thing um but there was a famous jazz violinist just you know came to this like uh, um top chart around that time and her name was naoko terai and uh, okay. she's like very famous now yeah you know? like everyone knows um and then i yeah she was like <coughs> i think number one famous japanese jazz violinist okay Th- um, the name rings a bell, like the name does ring a bell to me, but um, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and so you yeah. well you heard her and then you thought that then you thought okay well I can do that. Well, I actually listened to Stefan Grappoli first. Cool. Right. As a teenager, and yeah. oh, okay, someone's doing this on violin. Yeah. Which is very interesting. You know? Yeah. 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 And then I heard now Kotera, and he's she's a little more, you know, modern sounding compared mm-hmm. to like gypsy jazz stuff. Yeah. So I heard like a different type of violins. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how? But I, I yeah, I was also studying different kind of jazz. You started getting serious now. How you said, and there is not many. You know, there wasn't like a jazz violin teacher around. How did you start? getting into playing it and how did you get start getting into practicing it so basically at the club like there are seniors senior students yeah and who would give you like suggestions on what to practice what to work on what to get which books you know and uh first i got the omni book yeah of the charlie parker yeah i you know started practicing those heads and the uh, solos and also people were suggesting me to transcribe horn solos uh-huh. and play so i started transcribing stuff like i started from like miles davis because yes. i thought he was easier yeah. he, you know some <laughs> era like he would play less notes yes so i would transcribe that and then you know gradually expand it to more like a difficult one like you know clipboard brown or yeah things like that yeah yeah and how old were you when you were doing that was 18 18 cool yeah um when did you move to america 2004 some of the members of this club activities in the university um went to berkeley Mm -hmm. so i knew the existence of this school and that's the only school jazz school that i knew about Mm mm-hmm in the states and yeah. um i was co- collecting a lot of jazz violin cds and videos yeah. dvds wherever i find that time mm-hmm. and uh there's not so much you know google online ser- research uh, yes you can do at that time yeah. so i would go to stores and whatever i found there i just collected yeah. everything and then i found um uh, what was the title? Swing violin, swinging violin. Swing violin. Is that I Matt think Glaser? Matt, yeah, yeah, Matt Glaser. Yeah, I've got that. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that the same as yeah. me. Yeah, I found that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought, wow, that's cool. He he teaches jazz violin. I've never heard jazz violin teacher. Yeah. And then I looked up his um, biography, and you know, he says he teaches at Berkeley in Boston. So. Then I started thinking about moving just to study for like two years at yes. Berkeley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, so how did you find Berkeley? How was it going straight from never having studied jazz in a, in a school to, to, to going to Berkeley in America? That was great. Um, first few months, first year, I was having a tough time language-wise. You know, I didn't speak English. You know, it was worse than this, you know. (laughs) 
it was very difficult. But mm -hmm. they have also a lot of international students, and yeah. um, you know, and um, I had a yeah a lot of jazz classes, harmony class, and arranging um, ensembles, and mm -hmm. um, also private lessons from you know Matt Glazer yeah. and Rob Thomas. Yeah. Um, those are all really great experience. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, what what when was the moment that you started to feel like that you were starting to get it and it was starting to work for you, like your own, like your just your method of of learning and your your way of playing. When was that? Yeah, good question. I feel like listening to a lot of jazz while I still I was still in Japan helped me a lot. I think I was already developing my ears for mm -hmm. jazz before Berkeley, right? Which which is more technical, you know, scales mm -hmm. and theoretical, you know, backups. But yeah. I think it's good that I had a lot of listening time beforehand mm -hmm. before going into those theory, you know. Yes, because I think that's the most important thing before mm -hmm. anything. Because uh, theory. Like, you can learn it, but you can't learn first. No. You know? So, I think that the listening is a um, big part of my playing, I think. That, that it formed my, yeah. That's great. How I play. Yeah. yeah. So, you, you felt like, like a lot of the, sort of the hard work of starting to understand jazz had, mm -hmm. had already had, had just happened from listening. I think um, my ears were developed, yeah. developing from listening and the Berkeley's theoretical um, teaching system uh, was a good backup. Like, it's like, um, okay, that's how you can explain yeah. this yeah. music. And yeah. then I, I was convinced, okay, that's how you can explain things. Mm -hmm. And it kind of like, it made my brain a little more you know clear and organized yeah and i know how to practice you know before that it was all about ear you yes. know i couldn't really analyze well you know approach tones and you know those stuff mm -hmm. um, but now it's all clear yeah yeah okay yeah what was the what would you say was the the best thing that you got out of studying at berkeley Best thing, um, I think, best thing was kind of going outside from my com comfortable environment, which was in you know, Japan, mm -hmm. and just like moving to somewhere totally new where I don't know anyone. Yeah. And so I, I had to be totally open to yeah. whatever they say. And I had a lot of practice time at Berkeley because it's not in New York where things are happening every night. Like mm -hmm. Boston, it's not so much that you can do at night. So like I would just practice or hang, hang out with my friends and share ideas, what's mm -hmm. going on yeah. with their classes or what they're practicing. I think... Kind of, you can nurture those like relationships with other people who are also trying to do something there. Yes. Yeah. And so that was a really great building, you know, relationships and sort of t 
taking time to grasp what you want to do. Yes. Next, yeah, after school. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, what did you want to do? I wanted to make an album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Because I was kind of like jazz violin dork, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like I, I had so many um, CDs of different kind of jazz violinists in the past, and you know, I was a collector. Mm-hmm. But then I realized it. It's not that everyone does that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to make an album that's um, dedicated to different jazz violinists, uh-huh. but in my in my own language. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I did after school. So you did that. I did that. And that was yeah. your first CD. Yeah. First. Yeah. So, and I, it- but I I had to work at like sushi restaurant and do some job after. Yeah. Graduating. And and you know to get those financial thing covered. Of course, yeah, making a CD yeah. from nothing. Yeah, 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 it's a lot of money. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that for CD, there's uh, it's mainly original compositions. Yeah, yes, seven original. Yeah. What's the name of it? Because I was listening to a bunch of your albums. Uh, it's called Visions. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Is that I, the one with yeah, the? I can't, the thing about Zbigniew Cipher in there? Yeah. There's an album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 So you Matt really- Glazer introduced me to his music. Yes, yeah. He's like, check this out. Yeah. Can you transcribe this? And I was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I transcribed his solo, I think it was the evening song. Um, yeah, that was challenging, but um, I was blown away. Yeah, yeah. So you, you yeah. like, you, you're into Zbigniew. Yeah. Mhm. Cool. Okay. Uh, so you, when you fin, you did your CD. It was did you stay? You stayed in Boston at that point. Yes. That was when mm-hmm. you were in Boston, and yeah. now you live in New York, right? Mhm. So when did you make the move to New York? I moved to Brooklyn two thousand in two thousand ten. Mhm. But um, a year prior to that, I was I moved in. Uh, New Jersey for a year. Okay. Think, thinking that that's a part of New York, uh-huh. and the the rent was cheaper. But then New Jersey was not really working out so great. A um, lot of friends were in Brooklyn, so the next year I moved to Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. And uh, how did you find? Uh, yeah, how did you find the move to New York? Uh, it's, you know, it's so amazing and depressing uh-huh. yeah <laughs> yeah it's like love and hate yes relationship yeah yeah i think that's that's quite the same with uh that people have to uh london because yeah? I, I live in london yeah you love it and, uh, and hate it. <laughs> yeah you love it and you hate it you know you you love it because you can go out and see a gig any night of the week or you can play a gig any night of the week but you hate it because uh-huh. you know you just loads of people everywhere and it's really expensive right and, you know yep. you know and there's so mm-hmm. many people that, you know it's great because there's so many amazing musicians but you know it's that especially when you first move somewhere like that if you're just starting uh-huh. out it's really difficult to right. see people see suddenly everyone's amazing you know right yeah that but you difficult. are on the in the same field. 
as yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it yeah. can be, yeah, overwhelming. And, you know, it costs money to do stuff, yeah. too. And I was so broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was a challenging time. I think it was the most challenging time in my life. Okay. And yeah. did you find that when you were going through that challenging time, how did you get on with music? Did music help you or did, did you find that actually music was became more stressful then? It was not becoming stressful, but I was not producing music. Mm-hmm. It was not the time. Mm-hmm. I was just absorbing. Yeah. You know, I already released my first one yeah. and thinking about the next right yeah. but then i i couldn't do it i i just didn't know what to say okay yeah it's because there's so much stuff happening and you're like yeah oh, god i don't know <laughs> like because so many different scenes here mm-hmm. you know um some are more like really straight head yeah like a p- purist you know yeah. and some gypsy jazz scene yeah. and avant-garde and original compositions yeah. type and you know it's just very different jazz scenes and um very overwhelming you know yes and i wanted to be open to anything mm-hmm. at the beginning especially it's just interesting to when you when you say that you know that was a really stressful time in your life and i just find it interesting finding out what what people do when they're having a stressful time and and, and what and how music how their music is affected and if they feel like mm. the music is affected in a good way or if it's affected if, if it's affected in a bad way as in you were saying that you, you 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 couldn't produce new music you didn't feel like you had a voice or yeah i i didn't know what to say in music in my music you know yeah. i i wasn't in a few bands at the time but both of them were like world music and the celtic band ah, okay. you know it's it's not my jazz project yes um and i had a few you know leader gig but um i i needed to change like i needed to absorb more and i had to be in the next level yeah something and then i couldn't become one yet you know like it was stressful but um i I went to a lot of shows yeah and finding out what i like yeah what i don't like yeah 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 that's interesting and yeah and and what what do you think helped you get out of that um that mindset or that like you know maybe the the sort of stress and uh not enjoying Mm -hmm. or did you ever you know do you feel like you're out of that or you know i haven't asked you that but Mm, well i think i was doing pretty good considering how stressful it was yeah. i think because c- i was playing with the folk bands and yeah. their mood is totally different you know they're yeah. so like yeah nice and you know yeah. welcoming yeah. and like you know it's like a family feeling yes. and which jazz is can be a little <laughs> vibey sometimes you yeah. know like you have to be like really strong yeah in individuals to be to have something to say yes so I I had a good balance. Sometimes I I'm on the road with them, and you know it's totally like nice, you yes. know, um, welcoming, mm-hmm. friendly people. And I was kind of saved in that, you know. Mm-hmm. 
there. But I was also craving like hard hitting jazz yes. at the same time. So I would go, you know, check out shows and discovering new artists mm -hmm. that I've never heard of before. Yeah. Uh, and gradually, you know, forming up my ideas, like what can I do next? You know, mm -hmm. what's the next project? Yeah. And what was yeah. the what was the next project? So I yeah I came up with the idea of arranging folk songs, Japanese folk songs, because yeah. I grew up with you know with those melodies, and I think it's something. I think I got influence from just being in New York. Everyone here is from somewhere usually. Yeah, some some real New Yorkers are here, but. A lot of them are different countries and, you know, they have totally different cultures and yeah. roots. And I thought I can combine something that I grew up with and the jazz that I like mm -hmm. now. So I started to write, um, you know, a lot of arrangements of those folk songs that I found it interesting. Yes. When was that? Um, just like, I think I was already the first year in Brooklyn, very early on. I was kind of like building up little by little those arrangements. Okay. Yeah. And when, when did you, uh, get it on CD or on recording? We... Recorded in 2014, okay. I think, but but released in 2015. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was a long process. Yeah, and like for five years or yeah. something. Like, yeah, that is a, that is long, eh? Yeah, that's long. Yeah. But it just flies by. And you, but you did you you didn't start the recording. Five, you didn't take five years to no, record no, no. and mix or anything, but you just no, you were just putting it together and thinking about mm -hmm. it. And, yeah, okay. Right, recording was just two consecutive days. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um. What What was the band? Because I've I've listened a bit, but it'd be cool if you if you'd just just sort of go through who 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 the band was and and how you met them. Oh, uh, the band was. Um, me and Will Grave on guitar, mm -hmm. and Glenn Zaleski on piano, who's uh -huh. my husband now, and uh, Noah Garberian on bass, and Colin Stranahan on drums. Okay. Uh, and I met them at different times, but um, I think Noah was the, the longest that I played with out of those. I played with him, I met him in, in the old house, my, my New Jersey house. Mm -hmm. I think through Colin actually, and then and we had a, some gig yeah. before this music, and then and Glenn, um, I met Glenn through Mark Zaleski, who's his brother, and we. You know, I think I, you think I met. I've met Mark Zaleski in Edinburgh. What? Yeah. Wow. He's a sax player, yeah. right? Yes, and yeah, he met, also plays bass. And, yes. Yeah. I met him like, yeah. I think I think it's like, I think about fifteen years ago, maybe twelve. Wow! Really? And yeah, he was a, he was a, yeah. he was studying at the the uh, 
New England NEC? Conservatoire, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. NEC. Yeah, and yeah, uh, now they... he teaches there. Yeah, I now he's my brother-in-law. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we used to tour in this, in this world folk band in Boston, yeah. so I knew him well. Ah, okay. And then, and then his brother, Glenn, was playing in Mark Zaleski band at Small, so I went to see see them, and then I met Glenn. Right. Um, yeah, and Will, I think, was through Glenn, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Will, Will Greif, um, I really like his guitar playing. But, yeah. Um, he, he's a famous, with like Star Rover, mm-hmm. like a, yeah, duet. Yeah. It's yeah, a, okay. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, so do you still get the chance to practice? Yes. Yeah? You practice, yeah. you practice a lot? Yeah. Well, it depends on the days. But mm-hmm. yeah, my, my schedule is so different every day. But yeah. when I have time, yes, I like practicing, which I never did as a, as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you practicing at the moment? At the moment, um, I'm practicing scales. Uh-huh. Which I never did enough. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going back to really practicing scale, car fresh, which I used to hate and never did enough. But now I'm fl- yeah. en- enjoying. I don't know. Like something happened. Like and I just have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> now it, I'm in a period of just doing scales. Like the scale, the car flesh, the the scale system where you where you go yeah. up one string. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, and the double stars and octaves. Yeah. And yeah. It really gives my um, fingers in the on the fingerboard. Yeah. In a good yeah, good position. And then I'm practicing a lot of bebop spe- scales. Okay. So I would go down and up. Uh, you know, there are a few different bebop scales, yeah. like major one and minor one, dominant one, and, uh-huh. you know, different kind of dominance, you know. Yeah. Um, I would have one note from the scale, and it depends on which degree, you know, you are at. Like, you have to add some yeah. um, half steps to, to arrive, you know, yes. in a good point, right? Yes. Good, um, yeah. So... I have to really be sure which half steps I'm, I'm adding. I don't. I don't want to make a random, like notes. Yes. Which I could do. You know, if I'm out of practice, I just like put just random chromatic scales. Yeah. It was almighty, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's really good to have uh, commands of this bebop scales. I think, and and that's what home players are really good at. And yeah. I am trying to get the fluency on the violin, which is difficult because chromatics are in, you know, sometimes you have to move the, you know, fingers, half steps, mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. And the coordination with the bow, it's it's hard to nail it, but I think uh, I want to get better at it. So. Mm-hmm. What I've noticed is that on the violin, mm-hmm. bebop scales are easier in... In, in in flat keys or, or keys with things like what's things like E flat or B flat whereas there's so many people who when they're st- first playing jazz violin would be like uh-huh. oh well you know those keys are harder than the more open keys like G and D or whatever but is it true? well 
some I think when when people are starting out, that's what that's what oh. people a lot of people think. Maybe in the gypsy jazz world. Oh, but um, interesting. But I find I, that actually, it's I don't find that. I find that it's easier to play those scales like bebop scales and things like E flat and B flat or even like D flat, you know, which yeah. would be generally thought as thought of as a I little think bit more it's difficult. Harder, yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely, and and I think also um, enharmonic stuff, you yes. know, like I would work on both so that I can switch back and forth easily because sometimes you end up on the second position and then wait I'm on the second position yeah you know I have to keep on going you know so I would work on the ball on both ways so that I have a both ways to go do you mean like, like a, enharmonic like, like a, f sharp and g flat yeah exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's like a training your brain yeah. I think that yeah. is a really weird th- Maybe it happens in all instruments, but I find you know like G flat. You you know you, you think well for me I would I would be in like half position for most of G mm-hmm. flat, but right. but with F sharp it feels like you want to be yeah. In, in, you're not in second position, but you're you're stretching. Yeah, you're you're much higher. In yeah. yeah, you're like in first. It's like it's like one and a, no, it's like three quarter no one and a half position or something. I don't know. Yeah, I actually, is that, is that how yeah. you'd say it? Maybe. One half? I, no, I think it's a first position. It is first one. position, but yeah, it is first position, you're right. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So, what are you working on at the moment? Um, I'm working on mixing my new album. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's coming along. Um slowly <laughs> what's uh, what's the deal with that what is that album it's uh sort of a continuation from my roots album which i did the japanese folk song arrangements um in 2015 mm-hmm. um this is um it's the same project roots quintet and um but a lot of different players yeah and uh, a lot of original music for this one instead of arranging folk songs yeah yeah okay so is it the same band as your as your same instrumentation and uh different players yeah okay yeah Mm. so you're mixing that Mm -hmm. do you know when that's going to be out i don't know yet i hope next year Mm -hmm. i want need to come out yeah yeah cool and any mm-hmm. other projects that you're you're excited about at the moment um uh, i want <coughs> to record something with my husband oh yeah maybe a duo mm-hmm. album yeah which I've, ne- I've never done and uh i'm working on the acoustic sound so i i want to do acoustic yeah writing. yeah and piano so do you do you spend a lot of time playing amplified? Hello? Amplified? Yeah, do you spend a lot of time playing Yeah, sorry with, I got cut. Yeah, we got funny connection. Do you do you spend a lot of time yeah. playing amplified then? Is that Yeah, for for jazz. Mhm. Yes. Mhm. And do you find that it's uh so you're saying that you work you want to work on your acoustic sound? Do you find that 
playing amplified can can take you away from the acoustic side of the violin a little bit totally yeah yeah i am way more confident about my pickup sound yeah than acoustic sound yes. acoustic is you know you can't really hide no. anywhere you know no. i just i did all years with pickup and yeah. you know i was trying to achieve saxophone sound yeah <clears throat> or trumpet you know yeah or guitar yeah and i i love effects and you know yeah all the stuff but i think acoustic is so challenging yeah. but um i've been working on acoustic sound yeah. for a while so i think it's time to document so that i can get better uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a you know it's a running thing it happened like a lot of people i talk to and me as well have the uh-huh. same the same thing just like yeah you know you want you get into jazz and you're like right well i need to be louder so uh-huh. you know there's a drummer here so i need to make sure that i'm louder and you spend a lot of money on your pickup and you think a lot about your right. pickup and you got a nice yeah. amp and then you got a decent uh-huh. preamp uh-huh. and then you know and, and you have to play differently right you have to play right. super differently like it's yeah. literally the same difference that a guitarist has like if you put yeah. if you're an acoustic guitarist like a django uh-huh. style guitarist right. versus a versus an electric guitarist this is a different yeah. a different tech pretty much a different technique right totally different yeah yeah and it's something that it's like yeah i don't know I, I, <laughs> no one tells you that you know you just get into it yeah. and then suddenly like yeah I, I realized maybe like three or four years ago i was like man my tone is really bad like acoustic what am i doing like you know and i sound great when i'm playing uh-huh. with no bow up at the top of the uh-huh. tip Right. Yeah. It's a, but yeah. so many people have said it. Jean Luc Ponty said the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, he has to practice getting going between the two. It it, it makes uh-huh. such a difference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I actually um, read about the stuff Smith. Um, yeah. Interview in in some CDs liner notes, and he his era like the first era they didn't have pickup. So yeah. he was, he had to play acoustic or, or microphone, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and his playing was so amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, High Fats or Chrysler would go to his concerts yeah. and watch him play, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, that's pretty uh, incredible picture, if, if you can imagine. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, yeah, but um, then I think later, um, you know, he switched to pickup. And I, I think I prefer the first sound i think he had a great sound at the without the pickup um wh- wh- of course wh- he hmm? which one wh- like which era like the first recordings of him the really old yeah ones? like a 30 yeah 30 30s like the onyx club stuff yeah um the, yeah onyx um i have um time in again do you know oh yeah one? yeah yeah this is great yeah oh my god I really like this, and I was transcribing the other day. Yes. Um, his, yeah, his playing is really amazing. And the swing feel, mm. uh, wow. Um, right, actually, you know what? I think that I better go, but um, it's been really yeah. nice to chat to you. Yeah, um, likewise. Yeah, and like, let me know when the, well, that, when the album's out. I'd love to hear it. The new album. Yeah, and I'd love to hear your stuff too. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll I'll send you some stuff. I'll do I do yeah. I do a lot of like 
Django style stuff, really, uh, but uh-huh. tend to um, try and do slightly more because I'm into like I'm really into just jazz in general, you know, this all the bop stuff uh-huh. and the hard bop. Yeah. I'm really into that, so I like to sort of mix the two a little bit and do my own thing. Cool. I don't know. I'm always in the middle yeah. of doing so. Like I've always like I'm always flitting between different things that I like. So, <laughs> but at the that, moment I'm doing a lot, of, a lot of jungle. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um thanks for chatting to me and thank you yeah hopefully hopefully speak to you soon thanks for listening to the jazz violin podcast i've been matt holborn and you've been listening to tomoko amura um please give us a rating on itunes that's a pretty good thing i think for me if you do that uh or you can do the thing I was talking about earlier, which is uh, donate to me on Patreon. Become a patron. Help support the podcast with your money. Uh, yeah. Or just keep listening for free, because that's also totally cool as well. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So now we're going to listen to a little piece of music by uh, English violinist based in Bristol, John Pierce. This guy is a monster. So please check this out um, and listen to the end. He's he's pretty good. I sort of forgot about that guy, but, you know, I met him a couple of years ago and he's proper, he's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So check him out. All right. Bye.